Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. This is Scott, and today we're talking with Ty Kruger. Ty and his wife, Hillary, run the Behavioral Change Collective. They also own a CrossFit gym, and they live with their three children in Green Bay. Ty has a master's degree in applied behavioral analysis and is a board-certified behavior analysis. Ty is a CrossFit gym owner, a coach, and a professional therapist, uh, and he's training to create therapeutic fitness so that you can use physical education as a vehicle to teach skills while capturing the biological and neurological of fitness uh, benefits of fitness itself. Wow. Uh, it's Tyler's goal in life to serve many families as possible through his education in the behavioral sciences, passion for fitness, and personal experiences of being a dad. Welcome to the show, Ty. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Really stoked to be here. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming. That's awesome to have you. And I um, I just have to ask you, uh, Behavioral Change Collective or Behavior Change Collective. It just sounds so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's one of those things that, you know, we tried to think of a good name and it took us like almost a whole month and a half and that was the best we could come up with. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the Behavior Change Collective, you know, we call it the BCC for short. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're here to, you know, here to help. That's the, that's the, whole, that's the whole concept. Yeah. So what are you helping? I, I, I actually understand the name. I think it's actually really cool. I love names with the collective on it. I don't know what it is, but so what is it that you guys do? Yeah, so um, I'm a behavior analyst by trade, and that's just you know fancy for a, a psychologist who studies the human behavior. And we um, we help parents mainly. I also work with some schools, but the main the main job that we do is we we serve as parent coaches. So I've been a clinician for about ten years in the field as a board certified behavior analyst, and um, worked with autism, worked with developmental disabilities, worked in a school setting, clinic, all over the place. But one thing that that I really thought was missing in a lot of those clinician settings was the work that we got to do with the parents. You know, we, we started with the kids and, and then we kind of, you know, worked with the kid and then whatever we found worked, we would transfer to the parents. But usually that'd be delayed. It would usually be like a, a month later or even like, you know, a couple months down the road. And a lot of that time was limited. You know, a lot of insurance companies only pay for, you know, one hour a week or sometimes only one hour a month where I get to work with the parents. And I thought that was kind of backwards because, it was really the parents who need the, the skills and, and it's the parents who are going to be, you know, they're their kid's first teacher and they're going to be their, their kid's lifelong advocate. And so the BCC, what we kind of started it as is just a free resource for parents to, to get some of that help, to get some of that theory um, and then, you know, make some change in their own kids' lives, regardless if they had a diagnosis or if they had any issues, um, you know, that were kind of clinically proven. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. I, I think that there is so much focus uh, on how do we work with the child or how do we work with the individual with issues and behavior. And, and I, that probably leaves a huge gap for the parents who are left like with no education and, and, and just kind of thrown into this without any experience or probably without any peer group to, to really walk them through it. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, I, we have, I have a book, it's called, um, uh, happiest baby on the block. And anytime I have a friend who, who has a child, you know, I'm, I'm 30, I'm 33, will be 34 this summer. So, you know, I already have three kids. So a lot of my friends, I'm, I'm ahead of them in the game <laughs> per se. Uh, so, so when they, when they text me and they're like, Hey, you're the, you're the parenting guy. Like, what can you tell me? So I, I recommend that book for newborns, um, but then I was really struggling to, to tell them, you know, this is how you this is how you parent your five year old. This is how you parent your ten year old. You know, there's not much out there for that. And then you can really get down this Google rabbit hole, and, and there's not a ton of great resources. So you know, being someone who who's uh, you know pretty well versed and has a master's degree in the study of human behavior, I was like, well, what can we what can we do? What can we give you know parents? that, uh, you know, maybe just have a kid that struggles to listen, you know, what can we give them some few easy, you know, techniques and skills? Um, and then how can we, you know, teach parents to work together ultimately too? Yeah, I think uh, you, you mentioned the Google rabbit hole. And I think that's really important to, to remember is that, you know, when we're hit with something new, what's the first thing we do is check out Google. And I, I find myself being more confused 90% of the time. I mean, <laughs> this is a stupid example, but yesterday I, I was like, what's the best chew toy for a puppy and of course you you get hit with the barrage of ads mm -hmm. and 
you get any, you can, then you end up not believing any of it. You're like, I, I don't know. It's just whatever the company wants to put out. And then you realize, okay, this article is sponsored by <laughs> so, <laughs> this blogger is an affiliate link. So they have a bias. And, and so I, I'm sure with, with kids stuff, it's even, um, or parenting, even more kind of polarized. You get on there and you're like, your head is going 4,000 different directions. So what is it that, uh, what do you guys actually do? Like what, what yeah. kind of product do you deliver? Yeah, great question. So we have, um, you know, I think it all starts with our free resources. That's, that's what started this thing. Um, we run a podcast also. So our podcast is called Behavior Buff. Uh, we got about 30, 34, 35 episodes in there. Um, kind of we, our goal was to go weekly with it and, and we're, we're, we're sticking to that for sure. But, um, you know, so we have, we have that going and, and then our goal, I think with all of our content, whether it be the free stuff with behavior buff or, um, some of our other Facebook page, we have a private parent Facebook group called the behavior change collective parents. That's also free. Um, and I go live in there on a weekly basis. And then we also just use it as like a mastermind where parents can just ask questions or have issues. And the goal of all that content is to, is to make it really digestible. So our podcasts are like only five or 15 minutes. Um, we know we're busy. Like I'm, I'm super busy. Like Scott, as sure as you know, trying to get me, get us scheduled on this thing. We don't have a ton of time to, to, you know, sit and listen to, to uh, long form stuff. Um, and so that's my goal is to get it quick, digestible, easy to use. Um, and so we cover all sorts of topics. Um, you know, the, the main topics that we cover are how do you get your kids to listen? How do you figure out some easy ways to understand behavior? How do you set up some routines in your day? So the, you know, things go a little more smoothly. How do you navigate si- sibling fighting and drama? Um, for younger kids, how do you do toilet training? How do you do picky eating? You know, how do you navigate some of those? Just, just, just like the normal stuff that comes through. And, uh, so that's the majority, that's the majority of our free content. If things get a little bit more escalated and, and parents need some more work, we have uh, two paid services. So we have a, we have a digital course that we just launched and it's called get your kids to listen. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just a step-by-step guide on how to, how to bring a positive behavior support system into the home. So, so far, so often, you know, I work with, with families and we're really good at, we're really good at as parents and at, as people. To react. We're very reactive species. We see something and we have to we either try to fix it or we try to discipline it. So the course is designed to get you to think a little proactively. Helps you set up some expectations in the home. Gets you and your your partner on the same page. Your nice. kids on the same page. And then and then how do we actually bring some positive reinforcement into the home? And then kind of go through that. And then if you know if if people need a little more support, I do one on one parent coaching as well. And that's I'd say. The majority of the time that I spend um, in this business is, is working with, with families one-on-one. And we have a six-week kind of mentoring coaching program that we put people through. So that's kind of the, you know, the level of our services. And, and our goal is to, to have something for everybody, um, no matter what your issue is or you know, budget, whatever it might be. Hopefully, we can help you out. Yeah, I think um, you know, also having a history working with youth as an educator, as um, you know, sitting in on a lot of um, parent, uh, you know, I guess they're individual education plans yeah. uh, and watching probably some of the most difficult scenarios were you would sit in in these meetings and, and we needed to focus on the kid, but the parents were on completely different trajectories of how they wanted to handle it and completely different belief systems. And, and it was extremely difficult to, to navigate because you couldn't do it right either way. And then the support was being split so badly that the, I think the child was extremely confused. So you mentioned something, you said, you know, getting on the same page and you have an episode um, in your podcast called same team. Yeah. Um, so like, when did you guys start really kind of putting it together? Like, you know, the husband, wife team, they need to be a team that works together. Yeah. I think, you know, it really came to, to fruition uh, when, when our, our own children's behavior was really starting to get nasty and my wife and I were both working opposite shifts. You know, this was over a year ago. I was full time at my clinic. I was working at, she was serving at a restaurant at night. So we were kind of two shifts passing in the night. We had no real communication. We had no strategies. We had no plan. We had no behavior support team. Like we weren't, we weren't on the same page and our kids behavior really started to show 
you know, tantrums were frequent. We would be yelling at the kids more often. Um, you know, I think one night I even went to bed and I had like a sore throat because I was yelling so much, you know, that night. And I was just like, it was like this eye opening experience where I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm the behavior guy. Like I'm the, I'm the one who's supposed to have this, you know, crap figured out. And here I am, no plan in my own home. I'm stressed out. You know, my throat hurts from yelling. My kids are crying. Like it wasn't good. Like we had, we had no real joy. And so we knew there was a problem and, and my wife texted me and she's just like, we got to, we got to change something, you know, things, something has to change. And so we, she drove to the store that next day. It was luckily it was a Saturday and picked out, you know, a bunch of stickers and some poster board. And, and we, we created our first little in-home behavior support plan and got off, got everybody on the same page. And, but you know, that was, that was kind of the turning point for us. And then from there, that's, that's really where we built all of our own stuff out to help other parents who are kind of in that same you know, trench right now. I would venture to guess that uh, a very high percentage of parents are in that same trench. And they, uh, I think there's a lot of them that haven't realized that, that it, it's not a kid problem. I mean, that is, that's, that's there, but really it's a, it's a communication relationship problem. Um, and, and, and uh, there's a, there's a program called love and logic. There's a bunch of different pro- programs about like how different parenting techniques change, how, interact with kids and it causes marital problems quite frequently. So I think it's really cool. And I I, I want to point out to our listeners that the behavioral analyst, the person who is extremely smart and educated in this situation, had issues with his own children, right? Still have it. I still have issues, man. I still have issues. If you would have yeah, I mean we and we we're so honest about that because I I feel like you have to be transparent in today's world and and uh there's nothing to hide. I mean, you know, I still lose my patience and temper and as does my wife and you know she'll she'll say she's a forever recovering screamer, you know. <laughs> and so I mean it's just part of it. It's part of life and it's a journey. Behavior is a journey. Like there's no end destination with it. Just like personal development, there's no, no, there's no end destination with it. And, and I'm so excited to be here talking with you guys because, you know, I would assume, you know, most of our audience is, is fathers, uh, given the name of the podcast and your guys is following. And, <laughs> and so I'm so, yeah, I'm so excited to, to talk to the dads out there because most of my following, especially in the Behavior Change Collective, in our parent Facebook group, in the in the coaching calls I do, all that is pretty much is pretty much still female driven. It's uh, the moms are the ones who still are taking the lead more often than not. And and I really love the the opportunity to to be able to speak to the dads out there because um, you know in this especially in this new quarantine world, this COVID world where we're all in the home a lot more, most likely. And, you know, we have different roles now. We got to step up, you know, our parenting knowledge. We got to step up our own skill sets. And I always like to say, you know, we, we have toolboxes, like we all do. We need, to, we need to put more tools in that box. Like we need more strategies. We need more coping skills. We need more communication skills because, honestly, you know, it's on us, you know, as, as, as the alpha male in the, in the home you know, to lead by example and to, and to do the, to do our best to continue to develop. Yeah, so, I, th- yeah. I think there, there's this uh, perception that the, the male in the home is the breadwinner, whether it's the case or not, but is the breadwinner, his real job is providing for the family and the whole, you need to be good at dealing, working with your kids, not dealing with your kids, working with your kids <laughs> has been glossed over and passed to the mom. Like you're with them all day. If you need backup, I'm here to discipline. And I think that's a really unhealthy approach. Uh, one, it, it's, it's again, um, divides the family in a way. And, and two, as husbands, we, you know, the alpha male, the leader of the family, um, taking charge and, and really understanding why our children are doing something and being able to interact with them in a way that is not yelling. Um, I mean, sure, there's a time for that, but uh, yeah. yeah, but I think that's really important. And I think more men need to kind of latch onto that. He, my, I remember growing up, my dad was the guy who played and who was the disciplinary. Yep. And, um, and then that left a big gap of, of everything else falling. You know, my parents did a phenomenal job, but that, that is a very common role. The dad plays, the dad disciplines, and then the mom is left with all these other things like trying to change the behavior. Yeah. And, and handling it, but that's that's the kind of the traditional point of view. Is that kind of what you've seen in the, in your line of work? 
Yeah, most definitely. I think you, you nailed it. And, and I'm glad you, you brought that up, Scott, because, <clears throat> you know, we're usually the fun, the fun parent, right? We're usually the fun guy. And, and, uh, and then when we, and then when it comes to a certain level, then we drop the hammer and there's really no kind of in between. And, and you're right. There's no, there's no teaching in there either, right. which is, which is, um, you know, other than maybe like, you know, teach you how to, how to like hit a baseball or, or, you know, do some of that stuff. It, there's no, there's no teaching about empathy or social skill or coping skill or, you know, all the little stuff in between self care stuff, like, you know, working with our, my, my daughters on how to, you know, pick up after themselves and how to, you know, get on a routine and how to respect their home and how to, how to do all that stuff proactively. Because I mean, honestly, that takes, that takes time. It takes time to, to go through and, and understand a lot of that. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of times in the traditional roles, the dad only had so much time, you know, to, to spend. But, um, you know, I know for sure in my, when our world flipped upside down first, um, after I, you know, left my clinic and then, you know, took the, took the BCC full time. Um, I had a lot more time and my wife actually then kind of flip-flopped and now she is working a lot more hours and doing some business coaching still remotely from home, but we have more time as a family in the home and, so now the roles are, if not flipped, definitely more evened out. And that was a, that was a huge learning curve for us. Like we had to be super intentional with that process. Yeah. So you mentioned it a little earlier about, you know, the stay at home things and how things have changed in your family. And, and the truth is, is that um, there's a lot of men who are being thrown into a whole day at home. And now it's crazy because even now there's men that are home because like if, in my area, if they work in Dallas, they're not going in because of riots. and right. So I, I have a feeling this is going to be more frequent, not because there's always going to be riots and protests, but just because it, it more companies are actually probably seeing the value of, of people not working in their off, offices often. And then there's yeah. restrictions in space and safety. And I think it's going to be more normal. And I, I think what we have to understand is that it's going to be different. The workforce now is it has made a massive change, a massive shift. And I think it's going to continue to move in that direction because one, I know I'm more productive when I work from home, but when my wife uh, was home during the um, COVID or whatever, whatever you want to call it, it was total adjustment. It was, and then kids as well. So I I really resonated with one of your podcast uh, episodes and it was an episode where you guys were talking about your roles like, mm-hmm. and I think we, I think we should dig into that a little bit. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. So yeah, that was, that was one that I was just seeing come through in a lot of my message boards and a lot of personal messages. Um, I, I was dealing with it with a family that I was working one-on-one with. And so I was like, oh, this is an important thing to talk about because when we change the dynamic of a family and we change the whole, you know, structure with what we were very used to doing well now we got to really come back to square one and figure it out so the first i would i would put these things into into three steps so this is kind of the three steps that we covered on it and i think the first step is to like you said scott we gotta we gotta list out all of the responsibilities not just that maybe the mom was doing or the dad was doing but the responsibilities of like a solid parent so this is, as parents, we are responsible for these things. Now, typically, without being in COVID, it would you know, include things like putting, waking them up, getting them ready for school, fi- figuring out what kind of meal they're going to need, then maybe dropping them off, picking them up, you know, shuttling them to and from after school activities, and then putting them to bed. Dinner is probably in there too, right? So it, there was a list of things, but it wasn't quite as complex as these new roles. Cause now on top of all of those typical parenting roles of, you know, caring, transporting, feeding, <laughs> that type of stuff. Now we're educators. Now we are play playmates. <laughs> now we are the soccer coach. Now we're the disciplinarian even more so and figuring it out. Um, the, the gym teacher, and the, you know, the physical fitness aspect of this thing. So all of these other roles that like these other professionals who went to school for a really long time and has been doing these things and getting paid to do them. Well, well now we have to take those on too. So we listed out all that and we just figured out, okay, these are what needs to be done in, in an ideal world. Now we understand 
we're not going to excel at them all the time. But in an ideal parenting world, these are the new roles and responsibilities. So listing them out is, it was step one for us. Step two was then kind of grading or like assigning roles and tasks <laughs> based on who is better at what. So it's interesting because we learned a lot about ourselves. We learned that although my wife is better at math, I'm actually the better math teacher because I have a bit more patience and I have had to struggle through it myself. You know, we often say the best coach isn't always the best athlete. And I think that's true for teaching as well. You know, if you're, if you didn't, if that didn't come easy for you, you're probably a little bit more patient with the process. And so I took on a lot of those more, I took on more of those roles, more of the teaching roles. Whereas my wife has, has a little more creativity and patience with our two-year-old. So she took on more of that daycare provider, entertainer role. Um, and then we kind of split a lot of the roles between uh, the rest of us. So, but going through and just assigning, you know, deciding who's maybe better and then they're the primary person for that. But then I think the third, the third phase of this or the third step is communication. And this is the biggest one. Even if you haven't done the other two, if you can nail this communication and we're talking daily, you know, obviously we both work from home right now. And so she has multiple calls a day. They fluctuate on different times. Some days she, like today was really busy for her. So she had about five calls working maybe a total of eight or nine hours. I only had this call and then one other call. So we, we had, you know, today I had more capacity. So I was going to take on more responsibilities. Now tomorrow that might shift. And so we need to also be communicating not only with time, but we need to be communicating with how are we doing mentally? How is our stress level? How is our energy? And figuring out those things. So I think after we kind of worked through those three steps, things got a lot smoother for us through the rest of the quarantine, for sure. Did you really sit down and list out all the tasks? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, that is brilliant. You know, I'm a, Ty knows I'm a business coach. Uh, and one of the first things that I teach is roles and tasks. So I'm sitting here just like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. It would help so much with me and my wife. It's a, it's a takeaway we can do right away at the end of this call and say, you know, Hey, Kel, let's, uh, let's write out the roles and tasks, divide this up. So, I mean, I can't even tell you how often we fight over that. You know, Josh, Josh, you know, I would lie if I, you know, and to the audience here, I'm I'm also a member, I'm a client of of Josh's business coaching practice. Josh isn't my coach, but his his buddy is. And, and, uh, that we saw so much value in that in our gym, um, when we, when we did that role. And so, it, it, it does. It prevents all those fights because it's pretty clear then, you know, and if, and if, if it's not working, then at least we have like a blueprint to come back to, you know, we didn't sign contracts. We didn't do all that, but, and, and we did it over, you know, a couple glasses of wine and a margarita. So we tried to make it a little more fun, but yeah, it took us, you know, it took us a couple minutes. Um, fortunately we had a, another ultimatum, like we were doing it, we were doing it for ourselves so we could share it with our audience too. But yeah. But uh, the the exercise was was huge for us, man, and and it, and it eliminated right away a lot of that underlying tension, you know, yeah. between the two of us. And if we and one other thing that we kind of thought of that we came through on this, um, you know, and this is again part of I, I love this through what you learned this through you guys, and I learned this through some other business coaching practices. It's either you know you can either you know assign a task either to yourself or someone else. You're like, so we're going to delegate it or do it, or we're going to outsource it. Yep. And so one thing that we decided to outsource through the quarantine was um, getting meals delivered because we were realizing that making dinner seven nights a week was really getting tough for us. So we just went with home chef and, you know, that took a little bit of the stress off of us, you know, three or four nights a week. And we had those deliveries right to our house and, and that, that helped, you know, so you can kind of find some places where you can, you can be more efficient in your system too. That's brilliant. I, I, um, I have to make an observation because you, you, you made the parallel you learn this in business. And the first thing I said, thought before you even said that is like, I would do that any day in my business. And I would put in all the time, like if it took an entire day, I would do it. But would I do it with my spouse? And here's the crazy thing is us men will do these really mundane, really important high level tasks because we know the outcome. We're career and you know career driven, most of us. And we would do it at work. And then at home, it's like, no way, that's stupid. Well, it's not. It's, it's, yeah. it's core activity that is going to make a massive difference. 
But I do have one question because you guys both kind of brought this up a little bit. Yep. My wife and I have a saying and, and I think it has a lot more to do with our behavior and our mindset than anything. But we say this is not a 50-50 marriage. It's a 100%, 100% marriage. How does that fall? How does that work with those roles? And I, I have my own answer. So I'm, I'm just curious from you. No, that's a great one, man. I, I think, you know, it comes a little bit back to, you know, your, your piece where, what are you motivated by? You know, what's your why behind this? And, and in business, a lot of times, even if we own it ourselves, um, there's a bigger why than just it puts food on our table, right? This is your passion. This is your livelihood. This is everything that you dreamed of and you don't have to answer to anyone else. So those whys are easy. And I think, I think the why for us, but behind why it's a hundred percent for each of us is, you know, if, if neither of us are, if, if either one of us are, are leaking a little bit on that and we're not a hundred percent in, then it's, then it's really easy to let everything else kind of just crumble around it. And it's, it, there's no bigger why for me, you know, obviously being the father of three and, and I don't even think I've told you guys, but I'm expecting my fourth in November. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. It's exciting. So family's everything for me and, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for them. And so, you know, I'm a hundred percent in love with my wife. I'm a hundred percent in for the family. So if there's something that needs to be done, like I'm obviously going to do it. No questions asked. So I, that was a little roundabout answer. Maybe Scott, I, you probably have a better one. <laughs> no, it was perfect because really the point is, is you've got to be willing to do the same amount of work um, that it would take to in your business or your at your work, because this is the outcome is so much bigger. Like income is temporary. Yes. We <laughs> have to have it for, to live, but man, your kids, it's your kids. I mean, yeah. and what you do in the home and being intentional, it comes back to intentionality again, being intentional with your actions, your motives, your planning, and your collaborating with your wife, spouse, or whoever is in the home with you yep. uh, is probably step one. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I've even had a challenge, you know, some, sometimes if I have a, a, a spouse who's not as on board with the work, you know, that it's going to take to sit down, um, you know, to, to, to lay out those roles and tasks or to lay out the family expectations and to develop a system around that. I, I always kind of try to make the sale, hey, the ROI is going to be on your time in the future. Because if we can get the chaos reduced, if we can increase the joy, if we can streamline and systemize a few of these things, then you're going to have a ton more capacity mentally and from a time perspective, because you're not putting out all these fires day in and day out, it's going to help your business. It's going to help whatever else you're trying to do in life. It's going to help your golf game even, heck, because you're not going to be as stressed, right? It's, it's going to help your health. It's going to help your fitness. It's, I mean, it's everything. So if you have, I mean, the, saying, the old saying, happy wife, happy life, but it's really happy family, happy life. If you have the joy in your home and your home is a sanctuary and not a place of chaos, everything else in your life is just going to be so much more amplified. Yeah, I, I really love that you pulled up the kind of the front load work in in children. Um, my wife and I probably for through our first child at two or three, she was way more consistent, extremely consistent. She was she is that person. I'm like, God, can we just let up for a minute? She's like, No. And um, when the second kid came, she was the same way, and I kind of got on board because I saw that we went from really difficult to like dream child in like a year and a half. I mean, it was like we took care of everything then, we went through the pain, and it's a massive curve of behavior that changes and, and it's consistency. I'm sure you teach that, the consistency in your messaging and how you handle things as well. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of uh, educational consulting as well, and, and I actually just, I'm excited. I just accepted a full-time position to work in a school for next fall um, just because I, I just love it that much. And, and uh you know, if you work in a school or if you go into a school, if you know teachers and you talk to them, they have to manage, you know, 20 some kids. And a lot of them have different behavior issues, different attention needs, all that. But the one thing that most of them have is a unified schedule. You know, they'll have a system, they'll have a schedule, they'll, they'll have very clear, clearly defined expectations. The best ones have a positive behavior support plan built in where they're reinforcing good behaviors and figuring out ways to either ignore or consequate the negative ones. And that's what's going to allow that classroom to then have a track to be successful. Because it's not to say we're not flexible. 
obviously things come up. Obviously, we're going to be able to to navigate. I mean, we all have a game plan, right? But and we can all call audibles, and that's fine. But the more energy that you have to then adapt, the better off you're going to be because you're not thinking about the mundane stuff. You're not thinking about how to walk your kids through their morning routine. You're not thinking about you know teaching them about how to you know talk to their sibling instead of fighting with them. You're not thinking about all those little things that that a system could kind of take care of. And then you're given, you have so much more kind of mental energy, you know, to, to reduce that decision fatigue and then to come up with other creative solutions and to just be more present and mindful and, and there for them too. That's good. That's yeah. Really- yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, we've gone through this. Uh, we had a kindergartner, or, you know, we've only got one kid kindergartner um, this year. So, you know, getting most of his, second semester wiped out was not cool because he really struggled. Um, he's, uh, he's gifted as well. And it's pretty apparent. Like the moment you meet him, he's been, I think we figured out that looking back, he started reading at about 18 months old. That's awesome. Yeah. That was just pretty insane. Um, even this morning I had a phone call and they were like, Oh, what's Sully doing? And I was like, Oh, he's, and they're watching YouTube videos on how to rebuild Commodore computers right now. <laughs> that, that six years old, right? And uh, uh, Chris Cooper, you know, from Two Brain, uh, he sent us a a computer, like a build your own computer kit, and that's what Sully did for for Christmas. And it's for an eight year old, and he did it for Christmas and everything. So it is pretty insane. But his problem is, is like, um, and, and the teacher really ran into this is like. When he loses his mind, he loses his mind, and um, she would basically have to shut down the entire class, and it was really, really tough. And um, you know, we spent most of the year just trying to uh, help him, help him adjust everything else. He's massively bored in that class. Um, they struggled getting the school board, you know, and and all this on board with like giving him harder stuff to do and everything, but. Right before we we uh, we finished up, they had actually finally put together a plan where he could go to third grade classes and do work, and he could go do some other stuff. So now uh, the the bad thing is we lost a lot of our momentum, you know. So now we're going back in, you know, first grade this year, and we've got to. We're afraid that we're going to have to regain a lot of this momentum and everything else with him. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear you guys go through those struggles, but it sounds like you guys have some cool solutions and you guys figured out the why behind, you know, the behavior. And, mm-hmm. and that's one real concept that I always talk about in a lot of different ways, because if we don't know why a behavior is happening, it's, it's so easy for us to just say, oh, you know, he's just got ADHD. Let's get a, give him some pills right. or Oh, he's probably high functioning autistic. Let's get him, you know, in a different classroom or a different setting. Or it's yep. so easy for us to just make excuses and to to push push the buck off than to again do some introspection, do some work, and figure out how can we get to the function, how can we get to the root cause of really what's going on, yep. and then and then move forward. Yeah, yep. yeah. And his teacher, uh, I got to give her all the credit in the world. She was great absolutely great and was so helpful and instrumental in in everything with him and trying to find these solutions and the uh and ultimately i'll I'll say like the the principal the vice principal everybody you know really came in and really tried to help um and yeah and you talk about medication my wife was a hundred percent against doing any type of medication and so um yeah that was a, a a big part of it as well staying away from that yeah, for sure. As a behaviorist, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experience with various meds and I'm not, I'm not against them. They've made some amazing changes for some kids, but whenever possible, like let's work through it. You know, let's do the real work first, uh, the behavioral work, because we know at least we're dealing with the true kid. Once you in, in, introduce some medications or any sort of interventions, like you're going to really kind of muddy the water and we may never get to that true function. You know, all he really maybe needed was more, was harder stuff. You right. know, if, if he's having tantrums and issues when they're telling him to do something, it usually happens for a few reasons. One, he's either, you know, bored with it. Two, he can't do it or he doesn't know how. Or three, he's not motivated. Either one of those re- reasons, us as teachers, us as adults and educators need to do the work to try to figure it out right. before we just say like, oh, here, pop a, pop a pill. Like, I, I think, you know, 
that's a challenge I bring to a lot of districts and uh, something that, you know, sometimes they don't like to hear because it takes resources, but it's right. our job. It's our job as educators. It's our job as adults and as parents to, to do that work for sure. Yeah, it's a complicated um, topic because there are some, sometimes some misfirings and some things that need to need to be fixed. I mean, mm-hmm. they do and, and, but big, but like you got to put in the work first, right? Yeah. You, gotta, yeah. you need to do to make it work the way because otherwise we are doing a disservice. We're jumping to the easy, the easy way. And I think it's so easy for, uh, you know, having been a teacher, teachers say just, I wish they would medicate them. And, and, you know, it's like trying to hit an easy button. Well, that's not easy. That severely affects somebody's life. Same thing with the diagnosis. You know, I mean, that, that could definitely, you know, affect the course and the trajectory of their life. And, and, that's, and that's a huge reason coming back to why we wanted to start our resources. Unfortunately, as a professional, I only really get to work with kids who have a diagnosis, mainly autism. But, you know, some now working in the school district, some emotional behavioral difficulties, ADHD, other trauma-induced, um, you know, disorders. So, but there isn't, that education really out there for a kiddo, maybe like your own Josh, who, who doesn't need a diagnosis. He just needs, he just needs a little more work done from the adults around him to come and meet where he's at. Like he's got a motor, he's got a brain that's running super hot and super fire. Like he just needs that fuel to be able to, to take off and to excel. And so, and so that's a huge reason why we wanted to start our project. Cause we're like, Hey, this is this is common sense stuff that's not very commonly talked about and you know i went to school for a long time to learn it so like let's let's do it man let's bring it to the masses and and hopefully help hopefully help a lot of people along the way yeah yep yep that's right you don't know what you don't know and you guys know it so get it out there get it out there as far as you can so more people will know and know who to turn to so yeah for sure, man. So the last step that you mentioned um, quite a while back when we were talking about, you know, um, communication, kind of laying out the, listing out the rules, evaluate who has the skills. Um, and then the next one was communication, I think, or to communicate. This, it's, this is a key to so many things in a marriage and in parenting. Uh, you mentioned like, uh, it's not just a plan it and do it. Mm. Like, I, you know, I can see... I, I'm just like thinking of my wife and I doing this and like three days in wanting to pull whatever hair I have left out because I'm not okay with the role I, I was assigned. So I'm, I'm assuming this is a, a constant evolving concept or, or process. Yeah, most definitely, you know, and, it, and it's something that you have to, you have to be humble enough to uh, admit when you're struggling and, and you have to, I think us as men, you know, it's kind of a call to that, especially for us because so often we're tough and, and we have all the answers and, you know, we don't have these sensitive emotions and we can power through it. You know, all that stuff that was ingrained in, into our, you know, DNA growing up. Um, fortunately, I had a mother who was very, um, you know, open and, and honest about equality through genders and wanting to make sure that everybody kind of felt that way. Um, so I, I, you know, felt that it was my job to also challenge other other dads to say hey man you can be vulnerable here and and it's okay if you don't have the answers it's okay if you struggle you know parenting it's okay to have these things like let's talk about it and either let's get you educated and get you some skills or let's figure out a way to you know take some of it off your plate and maybe there's some stuff that your wife is doing that that she would rather not and you know maybe it's like maybe it's the bills maybe she's been doing it forever but really she could you know maybe not do it and so maybe you're going to take over on that and she's going to take over on you know the morning routine or 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 if it's something for us like we we don't either of us necessarily love um like doing the cooking we kind of talked about that so figuring out a way to make it easier and then rotate you know like hey i got this week you got the next week I got tonight, you got tomorrow, but, but commun- it all comes back to communication. And, and if you, if you aren't, then you're going to start building up that resentment and then it's going to boil over and turn into a fight and no one's going to win because coming back to where we started this whole deal, you know, it's, it's, it's the same team, you know, for us, it's like, Hey, we're, we're team Krieger. Like this is, there's no one else on this earth that cares about our family. Like we do. So it's our job to try to, to try to make the best of this and figure out a way to improve always. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad you're, you're talking about a lot of this stuff because it's, it's funny how stuff just parallels, but um, things that we haven't done yet, we haven't even launched in the brotherhood and started talking about 
is around like this topic. Like we, uh, part of what Scott taught me, you know, was, you know, a morning routine and he's taught other men that, and, um, you know, we've, uh, implemented like through, um, other programs and everything we've implemented like 90 day, uh, uh, check-ins and meetings and stuff, you know, within my family and everything. And this is all stuff that we'll bring to the brotherhood um, Perfect. Uh, and, and start teaching them and giving them, you know, the, the visuals and the outlines um, uh, as resources that they'll be able to use. So like everything that you're talking about is all things that we'll be able to use and, and, and impact within our community and help the guys with. So like, how to have this meeting and then how to meet back, you know, and, and say, okay, where are we? Is everything working the way that we wanted to? What changes do we need to make? Cause like, um, I know for me, there's a lot of the changes that I would not want to do. And you talk about outsourcing, you know, um, we had to really, uh, figure it out, but we had to hire a nanny, you know, yeah. and nanny watches the kid cleans, uh, cooks for us a little bit, everything like does a lot. And, uh, um, you know, we had to cut back in our budget a lot, you know, to, to figure that out, but it was, it was groundbreaking for us. In fact, I think we lost her for two to three weeks during COVID, mm-hmm. um, cause they kind of shut everything down, down here and we were pulling our hair out. We were like back at each other's throats, you know, yeah. and it's like, Oh, holy crap. I can't wait till Maddie gets back, you know? So, and I want to so. fully say like, that is totally okay and cool. And like, I think that's huge on your guys' part of just being honest and vulnerable and saying, Hey, we're both super busy right now in this, in, in this season. And that's another thing my wife like really loves to say is, it's a season. Everything in life is a season, you know, and, and and he's going to get older and you're going to have some really amazing opportunities to spend that time with him. But you guys are building businesses right now. You guys are working on yourself. You're working on each other. You're working on securing a future for your family. And that's okay. Like it's okay to have help. We had help before COVID too. And you know, we don't live in an area surrounded by family. We're going to be relocating pretty soon here, but Mm -hmm. Um, to not have that support is really yeah. tough. It's really yeah. hard. And so it's totally okay to hire out for that. Just like it's okay to hire out for nutrition, just like it's okay to hire out for a personal right. trainer to take your, yeah. you know, it's just like, it's okay to hire out for a business coach. You know, it's like, we, we have that, we, we pay for those supports in those worlds, but all of a sudden we maybe feel a little bit of shame. If like we hire a cleaning lady and we hire a nanny right. and, and yeah. we shouldn't, we shouldn't yeah. feel that shame. It's totally okay. What is that? What is that shame in that area? What What is that? I want to talk about this because Josh has always challenged me with this, right? He's like, I'm like, I got to go do my lawn. He's like, why are you doing your lawn? It's because I can't afford to have someone else do it. He's like, how much money per hour are you worth? And we do the math and he's like, dude, you got to get someone else to do the lawn. And my answer is getting my kids to do it. But uh, yeah. my, I was talking to my wife about this because we have not had this mindset. And um, recently, <laughs> it's a long story. She ended up with a puppy, and I'm like, you know, we're looking at getting it trained because I, this is 12 years of a life with a dog, and I don't want it to be a problem in our life. And and she's like, so it costs X amount of dollars. I'm like, holy crap! And I can't, I can't do that. She goes, how much? How much do you value your your? How much can you make per hour? I, and I told her, and I just was told her in passing, and I wasn't even thinking why she was like, like whatever, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So I did the math. I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, you are so awesome because it made it completely freed me from being okay to do that. Like I, like wow, I was gonna about to waste eight weeks of an hour per day minimum is what I what I read I needed to do with the dog, and I'm like, eight weeks an hour per day. That's a lot of money. What could I be doing with, with all the, that time that's so much more valuable? Same with cooking, right? Maybe you love cooking, then great. If it gives you joy, great. Um, but even when we think we can't afford it, a lot of the times the answer actually is we, we can't afford not to afford it. Yep. I mean, I, and that's kind of what I'm seeing you guys saying is like um, we have to operate in areas that bring us joy and bring us value to our family. And yep. for me, I'm able to focus so much better on my wife and my kids when I'm not exhausted from right. on in Texas, you may as well. I mean, it's, it's the most ridiculous job in the world. It's hot yeah. and it's dusty and it's gross. Yep. So 
So yeah. Yeah. And for everybody, it's different. Like for me, I, I actually enjoy the time because I use it as like a meditative piece because it gets me away from the chaos. And isn't there a photo of you with like the baby on your shoulders or on your back or whatever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was actually my first TikTok, actually. I, I just okay. got into that crazy world. Yep. But, but um, yeah, he loves to follow me. And so we have a little hiking backpack. And I was actually, you know, getting ready for Murph anyway. You know, so I was like, let's do some like rock style lawnmower. And so it's a way for me to sneak a little fitness in this kind of selfish. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I loved yard work in Oregon. The weather was awesome. You know, um, and I moved to Texas. And I'm like, why is everybody have some pay someone to do the yard? <laughs> Two, five years later, I'm like, I'm so stupid for ever doing yard work here. Got it. Yeah, um, I got it. Yeah. But- but I do think there's something there. Like you also, like you guys brought up, it's a love and loathe thing. If you loathe it, you need to get rid of it because it is bringing you down. But if you love, you know, yard work, um, like my dad, my dad, he lives in, you know, West Texas. There's nothing going on there. And he's turned his uh, yard into like this beautiful desert garden. Like it, it's, it's, awesome. it's crazy. It's not a like oasis, that. right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really cool. He collects rainwater. He does all this stuff and you know, cool. and so his yard is super cool and you would never take that away from him, you know, and you wouldn't say, you know, how much money could you be making while you're doing this? You know, where I would say that to Scott who hates what he's doing, you know, and if I was out there pushing a lawnmower, I would hate it too. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if it's, uh, you know, we're on a podcast or we're rejuvenating or on something else that like we really like to do, you know, it's the same thing. It wouldn't be like, you know, Hey, let me, let me take that away from you. hundred percent. I feel you. I feel you both on that. A word a few times, Ty, you've used the word joy and joy in the family. And I think that, um, if we can reduce some things that actually take us away from joy, we can have more joyful moments with our kids. And I think that, I mean, go ahead and try and put a ticket on that. Try and put a price on that. Like, no, like you can't. Yeah, you can. I mean, and that's kind of like our whole mission is to reduce the chaos, bring the joy back and, and figure out a way to do it. And, and there's not one way, you know, every family's different. Every family has their own struggles, but that's the goal because you're right. When, when you, when you increase that it's priceless and it increases the quality, not only of your life, of your spouse, of your family. And now you have this outward, kind of radiance of positive energy and vibes that, that you can do so much more good in the world. So I have one, um, I kind of want to turn the page. Uh, I could probably talk about this for hours, but I want to turn the page because something you said, um, you sent me kind of caught my eye and you know, you own a CrossFit gym. I, obviously you're, you're moving, so that might be changing, but yeah, you, you wrote something about therapeutic fitness and, yeah. and that really uh, caught my attention as someone who's done a lot of, um, and I'm maybe I'm thinking it's kids. I was thinking it's kids. I'm assuming because I love yep. like probably my favorite client is middle schoolers or, you know, youth. So tell me yep. what therapeutic fitness. Is. Yeah. So that was the whole reason actually I wanted to get in on owning the gym. Cause I wanted a, I wanted the space. I wanted an outlet. I've, I've been crossfitting for almost eight years now <clears throat> competitively for make the past four or five. And, and I love, I just love it. And I love the the concept of being able to scale it. And so, you know, whether you have a, you know, a 70 year old, um, you know, overweight dude doing the same workout as, as me, who, you know, is a higher level athlete and we're, we're both sweating together. We're both getting it in. I also love the gender equality in CrossFit, being able to having two young daughters myself, being able to go to the CrossFit games and see these amazing females throwing down on the same floor as the guys equal across all. And sometimes girls whipping the dude's butts like that made a lot of sense to me and it, and it was so cool to see so crossfit i was like there's a there's an opportunity here to use the fitness methodology to scale it to any any age any ability so then you know i kind of think started thinking about my own mental health and how much i love going to the gym and how much it helps me with that and then in my my clinical practical work it's funny you say middle schoolers are your favorite scott because that's also some of my favorite and even just adolescent boys in general who run hot who don't take authority well, who don't, you know, I, you tell them to take a deep breath and they shove it, they say, shove it up your own. And so I, I found that fitness was a unifying kind of leveling field to work and get through to some of these kiddos. You know, one kid I was working with most recently in this past school year as a consultant, you know, he would just blow up, tear rooms apart, destroy them. Really smart, really bright kid, awesome athlete, but just really struggled with emotional regulation. So what we would do is we would work out 
do a little work, do a little AMRAP, do some burpees, do some, you know, some uh, handstand walks, do some, you know, he could do handstand pushups. He was all over the place. This kid was awesome. And then he would get him out of breath. And I was like, okay, now let's try to take a couple deep breaths and get our heart rate back down. And that would be another challenge that we would have. I put a heart rate monitor on him and I try to get his heart rate back down. I'm like, see, we can take deep breaths, get our heart rate down. Same thing in the classroom, dude. If you feel like you're starting to get all jacked up, take a couple deep breaths like this and bring that heart rate back down. And now we can stay in the classroom and we don't have to go crazy and blow up. Um, and so therapeutic fitness in the long, in the short form is, you know, we combine methodology of, of CrossFit and scalable workouts, high intensity intervals. We, in, then we intersperse the teaching of emotional regulation skills and or social skills. So we kind of, we kind of throw some of those pieces in between um, and then hoping to, you know, also develop a well-rounded kind of, mind and body program that helps to kind of treat any kiddo who needs it with emotional and behavioral difficulties. Yeah, I think that's incredible. I think more parents need to reach out for that or find that sort of, um, a lot of kids, I mean, they've, they've sent them to jujitsu or, or some sort of, you know, some sort of physical outlet. Um, but I think the, the trick here is relating what they're doing inside the gym or inside that facility to real life. Like, how do I, trans like like you said with this when you get this way in class take a few breaths this is it looks exactly the same yeah i think that's kind of like the missing link right and so yeah it totally is and, and i think it comes from the concept of physiologic physiologically the the actions are the same my heart rate's going my adrenaline's going after a workout same thing when i get upset like i'm, I'm my heart rate's going all that stuff's going and so the answer is to bring it back down but what's missing when we are working out is we're not pissed, right? We're not, we're not fed up and we're not in that red zone as we like to call it. Whereas if we are emotionally in that red zone, like we're not communicating at that point. So like we can teach the coping skills and we can almost role play and bring that physiological system down, which is exactly what needs to happen in the classroom also. But the kids are way more receptive to practicing when they're not all super pissed because they're just, their defenses aren't off. And so that's something that we had started at our gym, you know, Packerland CrossFit here in Green Bay. We'd, we'd run, we were actually in the middle of running our third session and then we got shut down with COVID. Um, and so then we ended up turning it online. And, you know, I, I started another online program called in-home gym class. And this was something cool because we were able to do it remotely, not as effectively, but still we were able to reach a lot more kids and we would do the same thing online. And so um, since then, you know, we've, we've had a ton of interest and a ton of people reaching out and, and it's still a young program in my, in my, um, in my mind. And, you know, I'd have to really kind of take my head off to Chris Cooper too, because I know he was onto this stuff well before I had kind of done it and with his Ignite program. And I've mm -hmm. uh, visited Haley's program in, in, in Canada and, and I went there and visited and we've, we've talked a lot. And so this is a huge need. Um, and I know she's made some really great grounds in the schools now too. So it's my goal to continue to push it forward and, and develop it as much as we can. Um, but just like everything, we're kind of hindered by the situation yeah, in the I, current environment. Yeah, I hear that, like being hindered with coronavirus and everything. But here's the thing: like, I, I, I don't know why, but I actually thought about this today, and I didn't even know you were doing this program. But I actually thought about this today about kids and online program and everything else, and being like, you know, this is harder. Sure, it's harder. I'm not going to argue with that. You know, with uh, the results or whatever else, but. The thing that I started thinking about is like, there's all these programs online and TV and Nickelodeon and everything else that if you took the structures and then made it fun, made it interesting, whatever, you could probably sell this to Nickelodeon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then your impact would be massive, massive. would be massive. Right. Yeah. Because if you think about Barney or any of the rest of it, they were teaching social behavior, anything else. So you do the same thing. Yep. You're a great looking guy. That helps, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Then, then it's like, hey, let me sell this program. And and the other part of that is like it, all these TV shows, this is the other thing. So we've been watching uh, just uh, volumes. Let's call it that. Volumes of Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> you okay. Yeah. The same episode every single time. And that's the other thing is the consistency. You just deliver mm -hmm. it. You know, mm -hmm. like you're saying, I'm like, Anybody who wanted to do this, not anybody, yeah. but if you wanted to do this and you wanted to deliver it online, 
and you wanted to deliver it, like, like it is absolutely a possibility. It's just changing that mindset, changing it, reframing it and saying, you know what, this is how I want to deliver it. So what do I have to do? Okay. I got to make it consistent. I got to put in my entertainment sections and I've got to make it really fun. Yep. No, you're, you nailed it. You nailed it. And there's, there's some really awesome people doing like some not similar stuff I would say, but like, yeah, look at Cosmic Kids Yoga, you know, on YouTube. Okay. And, and so she she uses stories and she uses, you know, cool, cool backgrounds and and and, it, and it's all it's all definitely doable. And and I, and you're right, Josh. I think it's a little cop out on my end. And, and I say, well, you know, I the kids really like the equipment. They like to be in the gym. And it's like, well, yeah, they do. But ultimately, they like to you know be have someone pay attention to them. They like to be rewarded. They like to, you know, feel, feel, um, you know, accomplished. They like to feel that and to see those smiles on their faces. And, and when I was running in home gym class, I was actually doing it via zoom webinar. So I couldn't see them, but they were like typing in their comments and stuff. And that was really fun. Cause they would, I would challenge them in burpees, right? We're into one minute burpees. When, what did you guys get? What do I get? And incorporate music and, and my kids would do it with me too, my two girls. So I think that's helpful um, to see, have another peer, you know, on the screen doing that modeling, but, but you're right, man. You're totally right. It's, it's doable. And, and I hear your wife builds online businesses. So <laughs> she's pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> she is pretty good at it. Yeah. I mean, without, without her, we wouldn't have ran it. Cause you know, I don't, I don't know how to set up a friggin' landing page, you know, sales funnel and all that craziness. So yeah, yeah. she's, she does that, but. But yeah, you're right, man. You're you're 100 right. I'll take that challenge. I think it's I think it's kind of the the new thing. Looking at so many restrictions moving forward, the things that my son's going back to to band camp next week, and it's like it goes from all day to it's 90 minutes, and you have to spend the first 10 minutes in the car waiting for them to come take your temperature. All that's going to change the 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 landscape of how we want to receive our our services our workouts our our everyday life things we're going to be like i don't want to wait 10 minutes and then be 10 feet at all times away from all other kids it, you know as long as that's going on there's going to be a huge uh, drive and it's going to be a more normal thing yeah i mean our, our highest our highest session rate we ran the sessions two weeks at a time and we do it we did it every day at noon and we had like 100 people on our first session wow you know, and yeah, it's like, it, it did trail off, I think, just because, you know, I think every day was a lot for a lot of kids. So maybe I would kind of do it every other day or three days a week or two days a week or something like, which would be a more normal CrossFit kids class anyway. I only ran my therapeutic fitness program in person one day. A week. And so um, there's a sweet spot there and we'll, we'll definitely go through it. But it helped provide that structure for us, for sure, that we knew we were going to be doing that every day at noon. And, you know, we had people in there from, we had a couple from France that were some kids from France. We had some kids from California. We live in Green Bay, so Wisconsin. So we had kids everywhere. Um, you know, some, they were doing it at like six o'clock at night, you know, overseas, which is kind of take, fun. But. Take all the recordings, take yeah. all the recordings, package it for nine ninety nine. dollars 99 build a funnel. Yeah. And done deal. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, want to make sure that you know you're you have a course you talked about it earlier uh, yeah and that's available for anybody at any time right it's just a, it's a course they can purchase and yeah actually we so right now we have we're only limiting it to some some windows so we just we just ran it and the reason is is because i also run the people who are who have purchased the course through through it through a close facebook group so i'm doing facebook lives in there covering it and then doing Q&A. So we um, currently this one, we're just finishing our last week right now. And then, but we will be relaunching it in the fall. So okay. we're looking for probably like a September, October, like late September, early October launch date for our second version of the course. Um, and I'm really excited about it because we've learned a lot and we've able to, we're making tremendous change. We got about, we got about 20 families going through it now. And then my goal is to be able to do over a hundred next time. Um, and we, we just getting some amazing results and it's really easy to go through. Like the course itself only should take about three or like three or four hours of content. And so you can get it done in a day over a weekend. And then you're going to have a system that's built out and ready to roll for your family along with having access to me throughout the course of that. So, you know, when I do individual coaching for a family, I mean, our, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an expensive service because it's one-on-one -on -one with me. This is a much more accessible price point for pretty much anyone that is looking for some more joy. That's awesome. We'll make sure that we uh, promote that. 
and yeah. uh, just let everybody know that you, all your resources uh, are in the show notes. So yeah, in the meantime, yeah, just kind of, you know, I would say jump into our, just give us a like on Facebook and Instagram. We do a ton of content on there too. And then if, if they're looking for another step up, but still, you know, uh, another free resource, our private parent Facebook group is Behavior Change Collective Parents on Facebook. Um, you know, we pretty much let anyone in there that's going to agree to our terms and, you know, just that it's a place for positivity and supportiveness and, and that's what we're there for. We're there to help each other out as parents, just like you guys are here to help fathers out. Like we, we do it for parents and, and, uh, you know, I'm in your group. I'm in your fatherhood group. So my my uh, my goal is to continue to be active in there and, and help out any way I can serve in there too. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too hard to find. So just uh, give us a like and hopefully you know ask us any questions that come up. Awesome. Thanks a lot for spending time with us and spreading some great knowledge to our listeners. Yeah, man, I would love to do this again. So if you guys ever would have me down the line and you know maybe we'll get some some feedback from the group and see if there's some specific you know topics or areas that are that are going to be hot ones. Um, love to dive it, dive in and, and share and help us any way we can. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Ty. All right. Yep. Josh, Scott, thank you guys both so much and I hope you guys have a good rest of your night. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast brotherhood of fatherhood podcast is released two times a week so the best way to follow us and get caught up on all our episodes is to hit that subscribe button and the next step if you really enjoy our podcast go on there and give us a rating we would love to hear it we'd love to hear your feedback and it would help us grow as well and if you are a male and you have not done so yet please go to our facebook page and look up the brotherhood of fatherhood group We would love to have you part of our group. We have a lot of discussions about um, parenting, marriage, what it's like to be a man these days. And um, a lot of men pipe in with advice and some great ideas, sharing ideas, sharing um, life together. And it's just a really great experience. If you're not a man and you want to know what's going on with the Brotherhood of Father podcast, by all means, uh, search us up on Facebook and follow our page and we will keep you updated.